Hey everybody, this is Alex, your host of The Hogside, and welcome to the show. It is Super Bowl week. We have to talk about that, I guess, because the Chiefs are going to play the 49ers again in the Super Bowl, and everyone's making a big hoopla about the fact that it's in Vegas and all this nonsense. I, I, Steve, I know you don't follow Twitter, but do you listen to like sports radio or anything? Like people Well, are see... Such- not really because um, I work a lot and right. obviously I used to listen to ESPN radio in the morning when it was Mike and Mike and they got rid of them and I don't like yeah. the new guys and so I really don't listen well, to too they much. They got rid of one Mike and then they got rid of the other Mike and then it was yeah. just silence. But yeah, Golik was good and the people they have now are awful and, and yeah. I'm also I'm in Texas and you know, so it's I have to listen to national radio and I do listen to um NFL uh, NFL radio sometimes. Yeah. And uh, the Texas uh, local radio, I'm sure, is just like yeehaw. Bah, 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 no, cowboys. I mean they're no, no. It's they're <laughs> the Texans, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. And Houston does hate the Cowboys. It's a one-sided hate. I mean, the yeah. Dallas couldn't care less about Houston. Right, right. I try to explain that to people. You guys don't understand. You hate them, but they don't even know you exist. Right. I keep telling people that. Nobody believes me. It, it's like the ugly kid and the jocks in school. Yes. You know? Yeah. They may pick on the kid just for to entertain themselves every once in a while, but mostly they don't even know they're there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Dave, how are you? Oh, I am fantastic. I had a very good day today, and I'm ready to roll on this uh, wonderful show we have planned today. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> positive nonsense is that? I'll put it this way. Today, uh, I'm not going to go into details of the little uh, debate that I had with someone today with an audience but all i know is is that i had the person chasing his tail in a circle and the only thing he could do was one give me give me information off of uh off of false claims and just talk talk and circle reasoning it was a beautiful day and i love it now it wasn't football actually just something totally different but all i know is all i know is i definitely had my flowers today i had a mic drop moment that was all that i needed gonna just let us hang in suspense as to what it is yeah because nobody's interested in that particular topic i could tell you off the air if you'd like okay because i i I can't really handle not knowing these things yeah i'll let you know i'll keep keep the uh i keep the viewership or the viewers in uh or the audience in in suspense suspense i made a bet though to uh, the other day Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl. I don't, you know, as you guys know, I'm not really a gambler. It doesn't really interest me that much. But there was such an easy winning bet, I couldn't help it. So somebody in my office is, she knows I do this show, and she's constantly asking me about advice on, like, fantasy football and these things and, and uh, all this kind of stuff. And that's fine. I enjoy talking about football. And then she says. Is she the one that I help with give the extra no, that with? No, that was someone else. Okay. This is, someone, this is right. a different person. And she says. Do you think Taylor Swift is going to play at the halftime show? Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. said no. Yeah. Oh, I, I know she is. I know she is. And by the way, this is not like a 20-something person. This is not a Taylor Swift generation person. Right. And 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 I just said, listen, it's not going to happen. She's not going to play. 
She's, you know, it's, she's not a paid performer, you know, she's not a contract performer, right. she's not going to, you know, Usher doesn't want her to show her up, she's there to support her, you know, her boyfriend and all, it's never going to happen. Not, not to mention she's, like, going to be in Japan or something the yeah, night right. before. <laughs> right, and, 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 and she wouldn't, she's convinced, and so she, she was so convinced, she said, I'm going to bet you lunch, like a nice lunch. I said, okay, I mean, so I'm happy to might have a date. No, 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 That's what I was thinking. She no, was no, setting no, that up. Nothing. No, 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 no. This I is someone who's married who I school. work with. It's nothing oh, like that. Oh, man. Yeah. We thought we like had that. something. Never mind. Yeah. No, no, I no. This can't. is a legitimate person who <laughs> is convinced that Taylor Swift is going to play at the halftime show. God so I said, him. I'll take the free lunch. You know, I'll take it. Yeah. What the heck? God bless him. That's all yep. you can say. <laughs> Absolutely. God bless you. You know who you are if you're listening to this. <laughs> and, and, you know, I embrace the enthusiasm. I'll, so I'll say that. Yeah. Um, all right, so the Super Bowl, obviously, coming up, I want to be game-focused. I don't want to be spectacle-focused. Like, everyone's being obsessive about, oh, it's Vegas. I don't care in the end. I don't – I think it's stupid that it's in Vegas, but I, I don't really care. Um, You're not going to let me go into it, are you? It's into okay. the Vegas thing? Your hatred we'll of say, Vegas? We'll, no, I don't hate Vegas. It's just a very it. interesting – we'll save it for the business show, fine. Oh, oh about the gambling? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Well, there, it's an interesting – the reason the, the fact that it's in Vegas is very interesting. But go go ahead. We can yeah. talk about no, the game. I, and I agree awesome. with you there because I've listened to you talked about that recently. Yeah. And how uh, just verboten it was so recently with the NFL, and now right. they're they're just in bed with it all. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, but looking at the game. But we're the football show, not the business show. So let's yes, focus we are the, the football show, not the business show. Looking at the game, I am fascinated to see that. As we're getting closer to the game, people are starting to t- think it's more and more of a toss-up. Early on, most everyone was in the San Francisco is going to finally get their ring corner. But Kansas City has played so well the last few weeks. And there's this notion that you never really want to bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes these days. And it's gonna. this is shaping up to be quite a battle for a Super Bowl. Well, I'll tell you what. I think that this game is going to be one for the ages. I really do. I don't see this game being a blowout. Both Mm -hmm. these teams are experienced. A lot of times you see teams that haven't been there before. They kind of die in the first quarter because it's overwhelming amount of stimulus, basically. That's not either one of these teams. Both of them have – neither one of them, I thought, looked good by their standards as they have in previous years during this regular season. There were times Mm -hmm. when San Francisco looked kind of – kind of weak uh, the the chiefs look like they sleepwalked through part of several of those games but they're all they're both right on point right now and i th- i went back and forth in my head all the time but, but um I, I i don't think i think there's two things for san francisco's part Christian mccaffrey's the x factor because the chiefs defense run defense has not actually been that successful so could you get christian mccaffrey to be enough of an X factor that could push him over the edge. That's one. And then for the chiefs, um, it's Patrick Mahomes. And and I know it sounds obvious, but the 49ers pass defense has been as statistically successful as, as it is. Cause they've gotten a ton of interceptions there. Mm-hmm. They, they've actually let, they actually have a pretty high completion percentage against, they've just stopped a lot of drives because of interceptions. Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, especially now. And so I think those are the two X factors to me on both teams. Well, I think right now going to this game, the one thing that's the most intriguing 
uh, factor to me is the fact that Mahomes and this offense, where they are now compared to what they were earlier in the year. Earlier in the year, we all know the story. The drops by the receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh, Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling can only catch the complicated balls. He drops all the easy ones. You know, Skylar Moore is not a number one guy, although he thinks he is, but he's not. You know, so he struggled with that all year long, and the defense was playing top five most of the year, and they were, and they were keeping this this offense and this team into the game. But once Rasheed Rice really started cementing himself in this offense, you saw something change. You saw the confidence that you see in the Mahomes kind of lost because he was frustrated, and he's regained that confidence again. He's walking into these games like as if he has Tyreek Hill out there again. You know, and that's very, very scary for the San Francisco uh, offense. And it's been mm-hmm. opening up many more, many more opportunities for Travis Kelsey. And he's been on fire the last couple of weeks again. Uh, and also on top of that, I mean, this is an intriguing run for Mahomes right now. Because every year in the playoffs, it was always he was at home, he was at home, he was at home. And the teams that he had played were teams that uh, weren't really considered challenging to Kansas City on the most part. Well, this entire run, you know, they had Miami that came in. Miami you had the highest scoring offense in the NFL. Kansas City shut that down. Mahomes took care of that. Okay, that's fine. Everyone expected that. But then they go on the road to to play Baltimore. And that was where Baltimore had the best defense league. Lamar Jackson, league MVP. I mean, everything was in favor of Baltimore. What what does Mahomes go in there and do? Just goes in there and just Mahomes of old and takes mm-hmm. over the game. The track that he has been on right now, he's he's about ready to cement himself among among the top tier quarterbacks of all time. Period. Even though there's some kind of think of him that mad and you know in that mold right now, but right now, that's where his focus is at. Not just not of course he's a team guy. He's got the offense going, but if he wins this game against this 49er defense and against Kyle Shanahan. And against Brock Purdy, who has been playing lights out right now and has been more than a game manager, in my opinion. He's been a game changer, especially in the second half of games. If he wins this game, to me, that cements him in the Super Bowl era, one of the best quarterbacks we have ever seen. And I want to even say almost as close to Tom Brady right now. And that's that's where he's at right now. So that's where I give the edge of Kansas City right now, because. You have an experienced playoff quarterback who's one of the best in the league who now has everything clicking right now. It's very dangerous. You're going to have a bunch of Boston people ready to fight you. You know, of course, that's par for the course anyway. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that we don't generally put Boston and Philadelphia in the same division in in a lot of sports. (laughs) Or in the same room or in the same, you know, anything. Yeah. They they shouldn't be on the same coast. No. (laughs) New York would just become an absolute war zone sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, this is going to be a fascinating game also on the defensive side. Uh, obviously, you have the star power, I think, more in San Francisco, but that Kansas City defense, I, I was just double-checking this. They they have not allowed 28 points in a single game all year. Do you know how rare that is for a team not to allow four touchdowns in a single game in in an entire season? They are a very good defense. So, uh, like, I think it's really going to come down to how can you have two great offensive minds. I would argue 
Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are probably two of the best offensive minds of the 20th, you know, from 2000 on in the sport, in the league. I have, I'll be fascinated to see how they try and attack one another in this situation, because there's not a lot of holes in either defense. Um, They're going to have to scheme stuff up and go mad scientist. That's why I said, I mean, I think this game is more than other Super Bowls. It's going to be one for the ages. I don't think either team is going to play badly. No, uh, uh, you know, and and uh, yeah, I think it'll come down to a few key plays here and there and which coach can get the better of them, you know, mm-hmm. a handful of times. And we're going to see a close game in the fourth quarter here. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely are. Um, all right, we'll do one of these scores because we, we got to talk about the coaching thing in D.C. I think that's topic one for us, but we had to talk about Super Bowl first. Well, I want to talk about Taylor Swift some more. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I saw you got that Swifty tattoo, uh, you know. <laughs> it's on my forehead. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm just intrigued by the uh, Taylor Swift poster behind you right there, Steve. <laughs> it's new, uh, you know, yeah. it's new. Yeah. And, I mean, I got a Taylor Swift blow-up doll, but we'll, we'll, we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> so, in, um, so this game, I went back and forth in all seriousness. Um, I went back and forth and back and forth on this. I think I've been too, yeah. And the line last I checked a couple of days ago was Niners minus two and a half, which is really, I really. I think it's moved tighter. Yeah, maybe. Again, that was Monday, I think. Um, so I, at the end of it all, I think, I mean, I told you the X factors here. I, I mean, if I were the 49ers, I would lean on McCaffrey and, mm-hmm. you know, see if McCaffrey can get one of those games going. But at the end of the day, um, I just can't bet against Kansas City. Right now, I, I mean, if it had been the Kansas City a month ago, mm-hmm. yes, 49ers. But the Kansas City is so stepped up, as you pointed. It was a good point about Rasheed Rice, um, uh, you know, Dave. So I think this is going to come down to something along the lines of 24-20 Chiefs, and we're going to have a contested last half, last part of the fourth quarter. That's my prediction. Don't everybody speak well, at once. <laughs> Oh, I go. I, I, I've been pretty much cemented in where I was going to go with this. I do. I think this game's going to threaten the first overtime. Actually, no, second overtime in Super Bowl history. You know, and I think uh, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have a little bit of deja vu on this one. Not that Kansas City's going to come storming back from a twenty from from being down three scores, but in terms of losing the game in overtime, I actually I actually think the game is going to go to overtime, mm. going to like a. 31-28 type of game. And who wins? Uh, Kansas City, sorry. And by the way, I actually went so far as I looked at common opponents. I meant to say this earlier. Yeah. And uh, they each played the Vikings, Jaguars, Eagles, uh, Ravens, and Packers. And That's a lot. Yeah, but there's nothing to gain from this. Uh, you know, they, oh, wow. they, the only game, only game they both had the same result in is Jaguars. They both beat the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Other than that... They have opposite results in every one of them by scores that don't really tell us anything. And so That's even big. that doesn't, you know, like Kansas City beat, beat the Vikings, Jaguars, and Ravens. San Francisco lost to the uh, Vikings and the Ravens. Uh, you know, um, yeah. KC lost to the Eagles and the Packers, and San Francisco beat the Eagles and the Packers. It's so contradictory. Uh, you know, even <laughs> that doesn't help. Nice. All right, so let me give uh... – I'm with you, Steve, that it's been a toss-up in my head, back and forth all 
and everyone seems to be saying the Chiefs. I'm just going to go contrarian and say the 49ers get this one. Kyle finally gets his his ring that he's been wanting so, so long. But it's going to be like a field goal in the last minute, 23-21 style, you know? Yeah. Something very tight. Oh, and and my rooting interest in this game, I picked the Chiefs, but my rooting interest is definitely Kansas City. Okay. I I cannot take another photo of you know who and Travis Kelsey on the field with confetti. I can't I can't I can't live with that. So I've the 49ers got to win. Uh the only the only thing that'll be It's just driving me I don't hate the girl. It's just she's yeah. driving me crazy. That's all. You you're paying too much attention to the the news talking about her all it's the time. It's just all I see is like headlines. It's constantly yeah. and you know I can't just take ignore it. them. That's what I do. I try well, see, but I'm Well, just, see, that's I'm, the thing. I I don't I don't ever hold that against Someone like Taylor Swift. I don't hold it against she's tr- her. Well, I mean, it's I just, just the fact it's, it's not like she's trying to draw the attention to her. You know, it's just the cameras just have to just for some right. reason they just have to go to her. I don't I, blame I don't her. Think she would way. No, I don't right. blame her. I'm just sick of it. I just don't want to see it anymore. I'm sick of it. So, somebody equated it to the fact that Jack Nicholson was on the sidelines for all those Lakers games, and every that was different. He was Jack. No, it's not that different. It's a celebrity who's at a game. Big deal. Just, you know, move on. But but Jack, I don't think the media cared that much. I mean, Jack well, showed up, it's you know, because when he it's, was right by the Lakers bench. It's you know? different because you play 80-something basketball games a year, and so you stop caring eventually is part of it. But but I didn't ever really – I mean, he, he was – I don't remember constant cuts in every game to Jack Nicholson over and over and over and over again. Well, no, he was just there at the bench. Yeah. Talking to players. <laughs> but, but, well, it, and he wasn't well, know, like a pop culture, you know, icon either. Well, I know with Spike Lee for the uh, Knicks, Same I could, I, that, that drove me nuts. Yeah. I, I couldn't thing. stand that. Spike was a pretty obnoxious dude. I didn't lie. Yes. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrities at obnoxious sporting too. events are always going to get some camera time. It's just the way it is. Yeah, uh, oh, I, I, yeah. So the one thing that I'll be fascinated, though, if the Chiefs win, does Andy Reid ride off into the sunset? Because there's been a lot of talk that he's ready to retire because, you know, his son's in jail. He's taking care of his grandkid, and he wants to— You know to... what? Andy Reid, if it had been me, mm-hmm. I would have retired years ago. I would not—I mean, he can do what he wants. He's an adult and everything, but right. I would not have prioritized football over— my son's well well-being if it were me so I, that's just me he can do what he wants you know mm-hmm. i'm not criticizing for his choice in this sir it's not the choice i would have made but if it were me i would have been gone a long time ago and if it were me now i definitely would go just because i at some point you gotta prioritize yeah, yeah. family to me yeah and especially when you have all the money in the world coach and in the league he doesn't need any money and you right. know he could live like a king forever so yeah and and just eat hamburgers all day long. Yeah, a lot yeah. of hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Takes right, a lot uh, of calories to maintain that much fat on a frame like this. Yeah. And he's lost weight since he left Philly. That's the crazy part. That is I true. Mean, if you really think about it, he put football over everything. Oh, he absolutely has. And I mean, I mean his, he, he knew about his son's died problems. Of an OD. Yeah. yeah. Well, when he was here in Philly, that was a big issue with his son. I forget exactly what happened with his son here, but... EOD. It was like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, but it was just like he just kept carrying on like business as usual. He didn't take any time off yeah. or anything at all. He just kept marching right through. And actually, 
the uh, networks here or the um, radio stations here actually kind of criticized him for that. I'm like, this is your son. Yeah. You know, it's not it's our like, place to criticize. You know, no, you're right. Choices, yeah. But I definitely would not have made the choices he's made. No, I sure. agree. No, no I agree. I, I'm with you, too. Uh, like, I think we're all a little more your family has to come first. Oh, right. absolutely. I and, mean, aside from the hog side, the hog side needs to come first before sure, family. Sure, sure. Hog side, then family. <laughs> yes. Then, well, I know. Well, yeah. I know. In the beginning, in, in the beginning of June, that won't be the case for me. <laughs> I go on a cruise, by the way. Oh, okay. you can't do that. You have to bring your laptop and headphones on the cruise. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll give it but a I, shot. If I if I could tie in, that'd be great. Do we show right? Do there, it with a snorkel on the whole time. You know, I listen to this guy, this radio show, this music radio show. Uh, Eddie Trunk, it's on Sirius, Sirius XM Radio, and he do, he's um he does a lot of like he hosts a lot of music cruises. He's constantly broadcasting from a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. So I think Dave, you could I put it this way: if you don't come through, I'm not paying you. <laughs> how about that? Does You're that mean he actually gets money? Because you just you sent me the <laughs> message of how much money I lost on this. this well, well, if that's the case, I think you forgot. I, I think you got the wrong mailing address down there. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sending you checks, Dave. I don't know what you know. Yeah. Where you've been? <laughs> Three cent checks. It's, it's like that episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> All right, let's move on because we got to talk about. We yeah. predicted it the day after we did the show. The team announced that they hired Dan Quinn. Uh, I, I think we all kind of knew it was likely going in that direction. When we did the show, uh, but they made it official. Well, they didn't make it officially official till like Saturday, but the news, the news broke, broke on yeah, yeah that Thursday. The news broke on Thursday. A lot of emotions from fans. I think first anger. Anger was a lot of what I saw, and disappointment. People were angry about the Ben Johnson situation that we talked about, the Mike McDan or Mike McDonald uh, situation. But Quinn had a press conference, went 57 minutes long, which is, you know, really long for an introductory press conference. It is. He was just sitting yeah. there taking every question. Um, he's starting to put together an interesting staff. He's got Joe Witt coming with him, uh, who was his DB coach in Dallas. And Cliff Kingsbury as his OC was kind of a surprise to me, at least at first. I like to start with Joe Witt because yeah. J- Joe Witt is interesting because his entire career, he's been a DB coach. Right. And so what this kind of tells me is I think that Quinn plans to take probably a more active role than a lot of other coaches would because Quinn is a defensive line coach you right. know, in his background. And so if Witt as the defensive coordinator has exclusively been with secondaries for the most part, except one, I think his first stop was in, you know, after college was something else, but um, uh, so I he, think he that, was a receivers coach at yeah, the there Citadel. You go. Thank you. I can't remember yes. what it was. I, I just said, um, I just pulled it up. Yeah. But because he's so DB focused, I think it may be kind of more of a tag team, which leads you to believe in the follow on to be Kingsbury is going to have a lot of leeway. Maybe well, not as much as Rivera gave Scott Turner, but Kingsbury's going to have a lot of leeway, I think. So Quinn was pretty clear that he's going to let Joe Witt call the plays, but I, I do think he's taking more of a you know active role, like you said, yes. overall. Uh, you well, know, we'll see how it looks once they start, you know, having games. Well, the impression I got from Quinn is that one of the lessons learned that he had from his time in Atlanta is that he was too 
focused on one side of the ball defensively, that is, instead of mm-hmm. managing and coaching the team. That's where I thought Witt made the most sense because he's Witt's been with him for so long. He understands his philosophy. They're in sync with each other. So having him as a defensive coordinator, sure, Quinn's going to have some role in that defense, but I think he has a comfort level with Witt to mm-hmm. where he can just simply go, you you know, you take the reins with we'll converse every now and then, but I gotta stay focused on the entirety team the entirety of the team, which I which he regrets he did in Atlanta. And that was the one impression I got from the press conference. One of his one of his lessons that he learned from all that. And I think he's going to actually give Wit more mm-hmm. control than what most people think because they're so aligned in philosophy. They worked together for so long. You know, and obviously there's going to be things that Quinn's going to over override him on. Sure. You know, that's that's going to happen. He's a defensive minded right. guy. Of course, it's going to happen. But I think on the most part, I think Witt's going to have that primary control, to be honest with you. We'll see. I mean, I don't know if I agree, but we'll see. It's an interesting debate, you know, either way. Right. And, I, and I think there has to be a delicate balance here because we've you know, we've had coaches in Washington who are too detached. You know, like the end, at the end, Ron Rivera was way too detached. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. Joe Gibbs in the end of Gibbs two, the year Sean Taylor died, he was too detached. Uh, you know, he became more of a kind of a figurehead. And that's what Rivera was. And and I don't think that serves coach as well either. So, I mean, I, I think you have to let your people do your thing. But at the same time, these coaches do have to have more of a hands on role, I think. And mm-hmm. so hopefully I read this, the comments you were talking about from I didn't read watch the press comments, but I did read the comments about how he evaluated himself in Atlanta. Yeah. To his credit, took stock of what he did right and wrong. And and, and I think he would be best served by not just totally, totally letting these guys do their thing completely and just, you know, going, hey, I'm, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm just oh, no, I, no, I don't think he'll be that complete hands off. I think he's still going to have I like like when we get when we talk about uh, Kingsbury, there's going to be an aspect of his play call. And I know he's going to probably talk to him more about because of what he tends to not to do, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. But and I, and I think he's going to make sure that that, that game plan's in the line. They don't get away from their game plan. Or like if Witt needs to make adjustments, he needs help on making adjustments. Quinn's going to be there to help him with that. And there's something that he knows is defensively on the other side of the ball that Kingsbury's not catching. He can catch that and help him with that. I think he's still going to be very much hands-on. I don't think he'll be detached at all. I think he's going to give just a little bit more of the reins to wit than what we might think. That's all. Yeah, I wasn't really disagreeing with you. I was just no, saying, I know kind that. Of generally I know. speaking. Yeah. 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 There, I know. there were now I'll be honest. When they first announced the hire, I didn't I don't love it. Uh and I still don't necessarily love Dan Quinn as a head coach. Uh like that's where we went. You know, it, it was a letdown, I'll be honest. But in the press conference, he talked a lot about teaching players and being a teacher. And, like, that's his mentality as a coach is to try and help these guys develop. And it will, proof will be in the pudding. But if that is his approach, that's an approach I love. I, I, I think far too often in the NFL, especially these days, we get obsessed with these scheme guys who are like, well, his X's and O's are great. No. The job of a coach is to de- still develop guys, even in the pros. You know, it's to help them find another move to their pass rush. It's to help them learn how to study a little harder. And, you know, those things that take an average player to good and take a good player to great. That's what 
great coaches do. Um, well, I mean, I've been saying for weeks that schemes don't win NFL games, you right. know, and that, that's kind of what you're saying. And I agree not, but I did do a deep dive into Dan Quinn's background for the, my mm-hmm. column on Monday. If you guys read that. And one of the things I realized in there is he didn't do a very good job of developing talent. I don't right. necessarily wholly blame him for the drafts. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't the GM. I'm sure he had significant input, but he wasn't the GM. But they had a lot of draft picks bust. A lot of draft picks bust, even on the defensive line. You know, and they had guys who did well for a year and faded away. And, you know, they had some that just were terrible. They only had, you know, one or two at most that really kind of made it out of the top of the draft guys. Yeah. And I do blame Quinn for that. I, I think it seems to be his best quality is leadership. A lot right. of the players really liked him. And not like really liked him in a, uh, you know, this is a hands-off guy, lets us do what he wants kind of way. They respect him as a coach and as a leader. But um, I'm not sure about how much of a talent evaluator he is. Hopefully Adam Peters is better. And I'm not sure how much success he's had in developing players, which is what you're saying, Alex, that he needs to be better. Maybe he'll get better. Dan, you know, Bill Belichick was bad in Cleveland, uh, you know, before, right. you know, so I'm not saying, but I, that's what caught my eye out of his background is that, and he had success in San Francisco mm-hmm. with a ton of talent picked by others with Me a head Seattle. coach. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Seattle, but San Francisco, yeah. In Seattle, I, I mean, with an elite coach with a specific system, it was working, uh, you right. know. Well, and one of the things he talked about in his press conference is because when they first said he was the hire, I was like, okay, so we're going to start seeing a lot of this, uh, that Seahawks cover three defense. And he said, he was saying in his press conference, I had to move away from that because it stopped working. And, And he was talking about once he left Seattle and moved to Atlanta and moved on to Dallas. I mean, there are elements of that still to his, uh, scheme defensively. And if we want to talk about some of that, I mean, the things that are going to be interesting to look for, you know, he's always had these pass rushing uh, linebackers playing in a 4-3 defense. He loves that 4-3 under still. You know, you think Micah Parsons, uh, you think of what he did in Seattle like that. That was his hallmark was you have a linebacker rushing, not just defense bends. Well, the good news about the 4-3 thing is that Washington ostensibly has this hypothetically at least has a four, three, you know, system. Right. Now they don't really have a fourth. They didn't have three linebackers, but the, no, no. they have the four part of it. You know they, and what that means? It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what that means is Jerron Payne and John Allen can, it will be less of a, they'll fit in the system and it may be less of a hassle for them to stay and thrive, right. you know, because of it. Right. Well, and I'll be fascinated to see what other elements from that, old Seattle schemes still are there, what he's bringing from the stuff they did in Dallas, because that, like I said, Dallas, they didn't really run a lot of the cover three stuff. Although, I mean, I, I guess they, Trayvon Diggs played a lot of cover three zone and that's how he made all his interceptions. So maybe they can reclaim Emmanuel Forbes a little bit and get him doing some of that stuff. Well, see, and, well, see the one ahead. thing that I one thing I know is difference from Seattle and to Dallas is that Seattle was a pure, physical, dominating, beach with the ball defense. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the Legion of Boom back there with Cam Chancellor and everything. They were all about making you regret catching that ball across the middle. You yep. know, and they made you think twice, and they made and they made the the quarterback very very uncomfortable. 
in Dallas's defense, they were still physical defense to some extent, sure. You know, and they were very disciplined, but he switched it to what you see now in terms of, you know, they're, they, you know, they attack the ball, they attack the pass, they generate the turnovers, they try to score on defense, and yeah. that's what they do on there because he realized that he had to make that shift, like you said. You know, and to your point earlier, Steve, I agree 100% on how he was in Atlanta, and this is where I think separates him from being Ron 2.0, hopefully, is that people complain, well, this is Ron Rivera all over again. Well, the problem is Ron Rivera went from being a head coach and then had a last, his three of the last four years were terrible to become a head coach who had full control of everything. And he didn't deserve that. He should not have gone to that role. But that was it was a name. That was a name that was what Dan Snyder wanted to bring in. Where here, you're, you're sitting now with Dan Quinn after Atlanta, went to Dallas as a defensive coordinator, back to his roots, and he changed. Many things that he changed in his, in his assessment, his play style and everything. Now what you got to hope is he's learned how to develop those players. That's one key point that you made is an excellent point, Steve. Will he be able to actually take the talent of these players and move forward? And whatever defense he wants to implement, is he going to be able to develop these players to run that defense? All of that, he's under that big old dome for that, and that's something to watch for, absolutely. He likes linebackers. He's drafted a ton of linebackers. Yeah, and I'm excited about that, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because Washington, <laughs> I mean, doesn't have a linebacker group. For all yeah. intents and purposes, they really kind of don't. Well, we'll uh, talk about the free agent linebackers in a bit because yeah, it's we'll also a great draft class for free agent linebackers. Uh, Steve uh, sent out the list of uh, our, you know, articles that we all have to write, and we realized, oh, that that's already past due. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's today. Sorry yeah. about that. Guys. Um, so <laughs> I, I was cramming and looking at all the free agent linebackers writing something up. Uh, this free agent class, just real quick, I would say there's probably eight or nine potential starting linebackers, and like some are pro regular Pro Bowlers, like Patrick Queen. Uh, there's a bunch of guys who are coming out. Isaiah Simmons, who I remember we, Steve, you and I both loved Simmons when he was coming yeah. out in the draft. He was a uh, tough guy to coach. Tough guy to coach, but it, you know, that's the kind of guy that I think Dan Quinn would love—a really speedy guy who could just shoot off the edge all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that—that that fits his mold a lot. I'll tell you one thing on offense that concerns me a little bit about him is that the entire time he was in Atlanta, he had Matt Ryan, who right. was already an established Pro Bowl coach mm-hmm. or a quarterback rather, didn't have to develop him, yep. um, had a system that worked for him. Granted. Um, but I, you know, there's no evidence to either support or reject the notion that he can develop a coach, uh, quarterback. Well, we but that's why Cliff Kingsbury is here. Well, let's get to Cliff Kingsbury. So, yeah, let's talk because I, I know Dave's got some strong opinions and feelings. Uh, I have he's just some... smiling. Dave's sitting <laughs> there smiling. Go ahead, Dave. I do talk too. about Cliff so, Kingsbury. Go ahead, Dave. Right. Let's let you go first. Okay, as soon as that hire was made. I, I found an article by Dan uh, Beckley out of Arizona. And the one thing that he said in there that kind of resonates to how I feel at the same time is that he has said that, you know, it's even worse now. Kingsbury's offense is no longer any kind of threat in the NFL, to NFL defenses and maybe never and maybe never was, you know, and I felt that's I, I feel that because of what I witnessed out there for the little for what little I I watched 
But then when I when I read with Mark Bullock, if you go to a Substack, he breaks it down beautifully. Mm-hmm. Dan, I um, Kingsbury has a problem on consistently layering his offense. So he'll have a string of plays to where he'll have maybe have a few couple, you know, you know, a few couple uh, obvious formations where they look similar, but then the motions will offset what they did from before, and one play feeds into the other, and whether it's a run or a run pass or 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 play action, whatever it is, and then he'll move the ball. But then all of a sudden, he just forgets what he's doing almost, and he runs a series of plays that make no sense in that sequence of what he's doing, or he'll try to push the ball downfield when mm-hmm. he hasn't even established any threat at all in the run game or nothing, you know, and it's just, it, there's there's no cohesion in his in his play calling. And the one thing that Dan Blakey had talked about too is that when his back is against the wall as a play caller and he has, and he's forced to have to change, forced to adapt and forced to uh, um, sit there and change his, change his philosophy in game or whatever it is, or whatever he had to do, he fails at doing that on a consistent basis. It's not that he's a bad play designer. His play designs are actually very good. He does, and he will run the ball. He ran the ball in Arizona. Yeah. The question of him not running the ball, he will run the ball. But it's just that it's for, somehow, for whatever reason, he gets caught up in what he does in the game, and he just either loses focus or he gets he gets, he gets gets outcoached and then frustrated or whatever it is, and then his offenses just tend to start falling apart. You know, yeah. And then the defense can read what he's doing. And if he doesn't learn to adapt and evolve – from where he was then, there's going to be a lot more frustrating moments offensively than what there will be in these wow moments, especially if you either have Sam Al or a rookie quarterback with that with that offensive line. And I don't care what they do this year, the offensive line is still not going to be great because they got developer they draft or whatever they bring in for free agency. So there's going to be a lot going on offensively, and that's it might be more frustrating than what people might think this year. Um, when I thought Cliff Kingsbury, I saw the name, I instantly thought as a lot of people probably did air raid, you know, offense. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That, that is his thing. Yeah, well, his and thing, I yes. read, I read the same thing by Bullock that you did, Dave, and Bullock did point out that he does run the ball. But, and, um, just as an example, um, of that, nope, that's passing. So in 2022, he had... 434 uh, rushing attempts, which was 19th. And in 2021, it was 496 rushing attempts, which was 7th. A lot of that is Kyler Murray. Point is, wasn't all as pass-happy as, as you might seem. But right. the layering thing was interesting because, to me, it shows a bit of a lack of creativity. May Or it may be creativity is even the wrong word. You know, a lack of kind of a big-picture strategy view that maybe you should take because like the best coaches, what Bullock was talking about is it, you know, you layer your, you, you layer your routes and layer, you know, call the plays in a way that sets things up. Right. Uh, you know, and, and that's what he was saying in simple terms, what Kingsbury didn't do as well as some others, uh, you know, and that kind of, that, that's a bit nervous. That would make me a bit nervous because how good of a coordinator is he really, especially when you're getting away from air, the air raid stuff that, He's he's you know was known for in college, right? Yeah, and uh, just to, if you don't know as a listener, and I, I don't know how you wouldn't, air raid is a very vertical, heavy passing attack. 
Um, the classic one he ran in college. Texas Tech. Was, yeah, Texas Tech, where uh, he had Johnny Manziel. He had Patrick Mahomes. No, no. Yeah, it was Mahomes that was the yeah, didn't, Manziel didn't he coach was with Manziel A&M. way back in the day. Manziel no? was with A&M. Oh, that was A&M. Yeah. That, okay. okay. Was, with Baker Mayfield, he had. Baker yeah, Mayfield. That's one go. thing. Um, but it's four wide receivers almost all the time, uh, at least at the college level. Now, at the pro level, he, he did accept that you have to use tight ends every once in a while. Uh, I was looking through the snap count percentages for his tight ends. Uh, in his final season, he did use two tight ends 50% of the time. So, like, he evolved, which is good. You know, you need to see guys evolve and adjust to the NFL. Uh, but he didn't do that till his fourth season. Uh, you know, most of the time, guys are playing 20 30% at tight end of the snaps. So that's pretty rare in the NFL to have tight ends play that little. I, I just instantly thought Caleb Williams or Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of who I instantly went to with Kingsbury back there. Because David Mayo is much more, uh, I mean, Sam Howell isn't going to be the quarterback. Okay, I got news right. flash for you guys. No. But Mayo is more of a pocket passer, more of like yeah. a traditional. He seems to be more of a guy that Dan Quinn would be used to because of Matt Ryan. Sure. You know, but would Kingsbury feel more comfortable with a guy who can move and be more athletic? AKA, I don't know if they're going to be able to have a chance to draft Caleb Williams, number one. But, right. but well, you got Jaden Daniels. Yeah, Jane Daniels, who yeah. so th- there's running quarterbacks like that. So that's who, that's kind of who you would think, but it may not be up to Kingsbury, well, you know. Yeah, it, I mean that's true. Now the thing is, he's had even with Kyler Murray, Murray, he had success, uh, and I think you and I, Steve, both still kind of agree Murray is not a great NFL quarterback. Said that from the beginning. Yeah, right? I, I said it the second I saw him speaking in that one interview where he didn't care. And I don't care what he yeah. says. He has never been 5'10 in his life without nope. Tom Cruise shoe lifts. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you. So if you can have success with a hobbit, maybe you can have success <laughs> with a normal size quarterback. I think I wrote an entire column. I went through and analyzed every five, every quarterback in NFL history that was under six feet tall. Right. You, know? you did. You, Just you to did. prove that Kyler Murray wouldn't make it. Yeah, he, he's done actually better than we thought, I think. Um, Give him time. Yeah, um, and he's still not he's still not been that great. No, no, no. He's right. been very average at yeah. best when he's healthy. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do there at quarterback for sure. Um, I actually think there's a way to make the area work with Drake May. I, the kid's got the best, better cannon of an arm than he. Like he's probably got the strongest arm of the three. I'm just saying what would fit the mold. That's all I'm right, saying. Right, right, right. Because traditionally your run game is quarterback read option heavy uh kind of stuff so i get what you're saying there and and listen i saw some stats about caleb williams release time is really really long uh you know i need to i still haven't watched it okay i'll get around to it here but uh, i mean you want you know i saw some stats in college his release time is over three seconds that is a long way too long in the nfl not maybe um, because he's running around and, you know, like he kind of, you know, who Caleb Williams reminds me of a lot is Russell Williams or Russell Wilson. And, and you know, he's taller than Russell Wilson, but yeah. Wilson is a guy who extends and extends and extends forever, runs around, mm-hmm. you know, goes off script. I mean, and, and he's good enough to kind of make it work early, you know, with the right quarter uh, coach in place. 
that's kind of what Caleb Williams reminds me of a little bit. Uh, well, the one thing, the, the the one thing you will see of Caleb Williams, uh, I haven't watched a whole ton of him play in college, but the one thing that when he does play within the structure of the offense, and he does, and he does play within the timing of the play, he can actually get the ball out, gets a butt, you know, can get it out accurate. But unfortunately, he's all about extending the play, trying to push it downfield and making that big play. That's right. where it reminds me a lot of Carson Wentz. Because he had the ability to get rid of the ball quick, but unfortunately, he wanted to keep pushing the ball downfield, pushing the ball downfield. Right. You know, and that's almost sort of like what he did on that aspect, too. But, I mean, Caleb Williams, if you could reel him in, and maybe Kingsbury can, if you could reel him in and keep him within the structure of the system, I think he'll be just fine with his release. Well, and, and for those of you who've been asleep also, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury spent last year at USC. Right. You know, so he knows them very well. Yes. Um, and, and in fact, in fact, you get to see Kingsbury's offense when you look at Caleb Williams. There's two aspects you can talk to us about, too, when you break that down. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and I, I know it's not talk about Caleb Williams time, but uh, that is the one thing that I've started noticing when I watch videos and, re, you know, plays of his game. It's the, I don't I worry this guy can't play in structure. And if you, if you can't. Do a five-step drop, hit a guy. I, I don't know if you can make it in the NFL. Kind of, but he kind of fits what you would typically think of as the Cliff Kingsbury mold, you know? Right, right. And so does so did Patrick Mahomes. But Mahomes can just sit there and let it rip. Well, and Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix do kind yeah. of fit the same sort of mold. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can fit any of these quarterbacks with him and make it work. I, I, I honestly do. Um, I don't. I don't love the air raid system. You know me. I love like old school smash mouth kind of football. But listen, you got to run the football in the NFL. I hate to tell these guys you have to have a running game. You have to have a running game. Uh, I can I can live with the fact that he's not going to have a fullback, but he needs to have a running game and at least a better tight end set. (laughs) You've been begging for a fullback for years. (laughs) Never, never happens. Fullbacks and punters. Uh, that's, that's my, my style. You football. have such fullbacks weird tastes. It's special yeah. teams, punters, and fullbacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about the tight ends though. Cause we got to talk about these free agent tight, the free agent class. Um, I banged out a quick free agent post, uh, that will probably get up tomorrow. I don't know. Steve's got to look it Depends over on how long it takes me to, uh, how, you know, we'll see maybe yeah. Friday. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, what I, the thumbnail of the the class though? This is not a deep class for tight ends. There's only nine fr- potential free agents, and that I'm gonna say potential because we don't know if they're gonna resign. Um, who have over 300 snaps last year? Hunter Henry. Or, well, there's 10, but Mercedes Lewis, Lewis is gonna be 40 years old. He's not gonna be playing next year, I don't think. And even if he is, I don't want to deal with that. You don't want a 40-year-old? <laughs> no, no. That A 40-year-old tight end is not an upgrade over Logan Thomas, who's you know getting long in the tooth at 32. Um, so you got Hunter Henry, Dalton Schultz, uh, Gerald Everett, Mike Gusecki, Noah Fant, Austin Hooper, Robert Tanya, Irv Smith, and Jeff Swain. Is it Swam or Swam? I don't even know. He's uh, Swain, I think. Swain, Swain with Arizona. Yeah. Um, not, not a lot of these names are, are stars either anymore. Like, there's some fairly big names at the position, but, you know, uh, they're, they're not going to 
they all probably produce about the same as Logan Thomas, honestly. Uh, so given that we know that Cliff Kingsbury is not going to be big on tight ends, uh, I kind of wonder if they're going to make a move at tight end this year, at least in the free agent market. Um, well, I, first of all, Henry and Schultz are the two big names on this list. Yeah, I think. those are the two biggest. For sure. And yeah. I think like Noah Font is basically a draft bust a little bit. Yeah, that, a little you know, bit. Here. Yeah. Um, Washington obviously needs a tight end or 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 ten, you know, because right. they don't have any good tight ends. Logan Thomas had his time, but you know, old and beat up and washed up, and none of those other guys are worth start, you know, being a starter. So they need to. I mean, I one of you said, I think Dave, you said at the beginning of this year that you know they need a tight, they need a tight end, but I don't think they're gonna be able to draft a tight end. So just from mm-hmm. you know a starting tight end, just from a they need too many other things. And so I, I do right. think it's possible they sign one of these guys. And Washington has a ton of money. They Tons do. of money. They don't they really do. need to create cap space. I got news for you. They've got $70 million or more in cap space, depending on how it shakes out. So could they bring in a Dalton Schultz? You know, something like that who's good but not great? Sure, yeah, I think so. So oh, yeah, I'm plus, plus you, I'm sure you have somewhat of a relationship right there between Dalton Schultz and Dan Quinn. They're both at Dallas, so you might have that influence there. So if Houston lets him test free agency, I mean, you could you really realistically see Schultz coming up here to Washington, but I don't think Houston lets him go anyway. He was such oh, a great yeah, safety. Either. Yeah, he was such a great safety voucher for uh, for Shroud. Yeah, the the one name that you said you think has been kind of a bust, uh, Noah Font, is. The one that I might actually target, though, Steve, because one, he's still only 26. All these other guys are a couple years older for the most part. And his yards per catch last year was 12.9. Now, he only had, I think, 40 catches uh, or so. So he had around 400 yards. So it's not a huge number, but if you're talking about a vertical offense, an offense where you want to get guys downfield, that's a good sign to me. And he and you know, like he's always had speed. Like that's kind of who he is. He's he's one of those bigger, faster tight ends. He's not a plotter. Um, so that might be the guy I target. Also, if his numbers have been down, it might mean he's a little cheaper, which is always nice. So the draft bus thing, I mean, he was drafted by Den- Denver Broncos. Yeah. To the right. Denver Broncos, he's a bust. Sure. There's no doubt about it. And, and, you know, in Seattle, he did okay, not good, not great. Uh, you know, has, like last year, he had um, 32 receptions, 43 targets, 414 yards. That's yeah. okay. You know, not great, especially considering they had a good quarterback in Seattle. Um, but, uh, you know, he's not going to be wanting elite money, so it's not a bust if Washington signs him. He's right. just another player, so I'm not – He's been okay. I, when I say he's a bust, he was a bust by first-round draft pick standards. Didn't pan sure. out. I, I agree with that. Right. Yeah. That's what he, I'm he, saying. When when you draft a tight end in the first round, you're hoping you get Travis Kelsey. Or you, even yeah. three-fourths of Travis Kelsey, because there's only one Travis Kelsey. You know? Fair. Fair. But somebody who's getting seven, 800 yards a season, not 400. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I think that would not be ill-suited to what Kingsbury does either since, you know, he's going to probably want to have him as a pass catcher more. And uh, I I think it could work is my point. Do you Um, guys think Cliff Kingsbury will be in Washington four years from now? Four years years from from now? now, No, no. I do not. 
No. I think he will be here two years, is my guess. Okay, so then well, does he get fired or does he get hired as a head coach? Uh, that I, is too soon to tell based off of what happens with the quarterback. If true. the quarterback think, does well, he will be hired somewhere else. I think you'll see that his uh, offensive scheme is still un- is still going to be underwhelming and defenses will figure him out and he'll go right back to college again. <laughs> hey, you don't like that guy, do you? <laughs> I'm not I'm not the not biggest fan. fan of it. No, not 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 a big fan of this signing. I would have I actually would have rather have had Chip Kelly. I'm honest. actually not a big fan of him either, to be honest. I mean, it, I thought yeah. it was kind of a strange signing. It, it yep. is fascinating. All these guys want to get out of college now because of the NIL stuff. But that's, again, not a – that's an IJB topic, not a – Right. Not it a, is. Now, now, granted, I'll say I would love for – you know, because I have a Twitter post out there talking about Kingsbury, and now I said it on here. I would love for someone to replay this back and say, Dave, you're an idiot. Look yep. at Kingsbury and his offense, and I will be more than happy to eat crow on that. But I just don't see it. I'll call you an idiot if it'll make you feel better. That's fine. <laughs> I, hey, man, uh, it, I'm Gen X. I got thick skin. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll, it'll, it'll be. It's a good question, though, Steve. It's a very good question. Four years and why? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so the other position group we had to touch on a little bit, and I know I talked about it very briefly, linebacker in free agents. Uh, when I was trying to write something up about this for the, the you know, the website, there's almost too many guys to mention. Uh, there's uh, Bobby Wagner, who actually makes a lot of sense. He's going to be a free agent from Seattle. And, you know, he worked with Quinn in Seattle on the Legion of Boom. That might make a lot of sense as a short-term answer at middle linebacker. He's 33 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying a year or two. Yeah. Uh, but he was a pro bowler this year. It's not like he's 33 and broken down. He's 33 and you could maybe get something out of him. Uh, so that might be an interesting option, for example. Uh, when I was looking at the name, and I, I just kind of was scanning Spotrack, and Aziz Alshire who's been with Tennessee somehow kind of lit things up there, even though he was kind of a backup in Seattle or not Seattle, San Francisco. Um, but he had a very good season with the Titans and he was on a one year deal. So he might be out there and available too. Uh more of a pass coverage guy, but an option for sure. I'd still be willing to give Isaiah Simmons a shot. I still believe in the guy. Don't prove me wrong. Isaiah. Isaiah Simmons <laughs> isn't bad. Uh, you know, one thing I was saying earlier, Dan Quinn loves pass rushing tight ends, and I don't think uh, Allen's going to be available. Josh Allen, the tight end, is not going to leave Jacksonville. I would be very surprised. You're talking about linebackers, not tight ends. Yeah, well, he's a an pass outside rushing linebacker. tight end would be a bit of a questionable. Or, I'm sorry, linebacker. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> hey, you know what? We've all made mistakes today. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just confused here for a minute. A thousand times. <laughs> sure. <laughs> pass, rushing uh, line, but, pass rushing tight end. What does that mean? Yeah. Pass rushing linebacker. <laughs> a, a guy who should be in a 3-4, but they like to use him in a 4-3 here as an edge rusher. Right. right. Which Washington needs edge rushers. They do need edge rushers. And there's three or four guys that could be options. You got Bryce Huff, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd's older, obviously. So maybe that's not the route you go. Uh, but Dupree... Uh, and Simmons, who we were talking about, like all those guys could be decent options as a pass rusher 
uh, coming off the linebacker spot. Well, what about Daniel Hunter? Uh, Daniel Hunter too. Yeah, yeah. I just I I don't know see guys like Hunter or Allen being let go of. You know what I mean? When Possibly. you're that good, to, what team is letting you go? Why does he have oh, a girl's name for a first name? I don't know. I'm just curious, but continue. Sorry. Yes, I'm well, also curious about that, too. Um, well, 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 the one name that sticks out to me, and Baltimore is going to be in kind of a cap situation out there where they'd be able to force someone like Patrick Queen. And yeah. I think Patrick Queen, and I'm going to dip a little bit in the edge rushers because I think we're primed that they really wanted to grab a Patrick Queen and a uh, Brian Burns. They're both still young enough. You can build a defense around. Mm-hmm. You supplement the rest of that front seven through the draft and lower-level free agents. I think year one, you could get that front seven being a pretty effective unit and help protect our deficiencies we have in the uh, secondary because that secondary is going to kill us again next year. Yeah. yeah. And even if they don't get Queen, uh, the one name that stood out to me who I've always liked, Devin White in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a, good, that's a one. good one too. I mean, yeah. he would be more of a traditional middle linebacker, I think. Right? He's not really yeah. an edge rusher. They desperately need we, a middle linebacker. Yeah, yep. yeah. If if you don't want to do the veteran Bobby Wagner thing that I was talking about, Devin White would be. You know, he, you could get him, and he'd be here for five years as your starter. Right. Uh, you yeah. know, again, this assumes any of these guys are available, but. The point being, it's a very deep group of free agent linebackers. Uh, and if they bring back David Mayo and uh, oh, who's, who's the guy we signed last year? Cody, I can't, Barton. Cody Barton. If either of those guys are back here as our starters, then something's very wrong. Well, they're not starting material. No. no. I don't the even know. The truth of the matter is they need three starting linebackers. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Mayo comes back no matter what because he's fantastic on special teams. He's a nice depth guy. He's good against the run. I mean, not a as role... a starter on the linebacker. No, no, absolutely not. He's a depth guy and a starter on uh, special teams. You know, yeah, I think Mayo definitely has a role in this team going forward. Jim Davis, uh, I think we all agree, is kind of a bust as a first-round pick. It's kind of similar to that what we were talking about with the tight end from the Broncos, it's, though. It's just that like you can't fix everything right in a year. Right. There's only Mayo... so many players they can bring in. Yeah, Mayo would be a good backup. I think Davis, he'll, he'll you'll just ride him out with his contract, and he'll be gone next year. But actually, actually, I think Davis fits pretty well for what he's going to run for scheme wise. Like like I've said before, Davis is a complimentary to a guy you have either Devin White. That especially, I mean, I, I think he'd be a perfect complement to a Devin White, which brings mm-hmm. Devin White more in that conversation, more of an onus on that. You know, I I think Davis has a role in the defense, but just not as your primary linebacker. He's not. That's not it. No, no, he's not a tackle machine, but he's got no. speed. He, he you he's can, better on the outside, kind of generally. Yeah. yeah, he he can do the occasional inside rush stuff very well. Yeah. We know we've seen that, but I uh, I just think that based on Dan Quinn's background, he's going to make a big effort to find a stud middle linebacker. I oh think so sure, too. yeah, and, and we haven't had one. In forever, London I mean, Fletcher would be London the last Fletcher, one. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the last real good middle linebacker we yeah. had, isn't it? Um, they, they're well, my... he was with the other. He was with the Redskins. This expansion team hasn't had one. Right, that's true. Yeah, yes, that the, is very the, true. <laughs> the commies have never had one. I mean, John Bostic had like. Well, the commies haven't much of anything. Yeah. <laughs> 
John Bostic had two good years. I don't know what if you want to call Cole Holcomb an okay middle linebacker, but he was not really a middle linebacker either. No, but he played. He 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 outplayed. He outplayed his draft status though. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Will Compton. Yeah. You know. Yeah, the great Will thing. Compton of uh, sports blog and podcasting fame. <laughs> yeah. He's made a but name again, for himself. They, yeah. 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 He's made a bigger name for himself uh, there at Barstool than he probably made here, which is, yeah, I mean, he did a, he had a That's good surprising. career. Don't get I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's made a heck of a career out of that. So, and I, I love following him. He's a fun follow. Um, so I'll, I'll give him a plug. Do we follow day. him on the Hogside Twitter? I do follow him on our Hogside Twitter. Okay. I don't think he follows us. Old 46 does not follow us. I don't think some of these yeah. guys follow us. Yeah. Not yeah. him. And only yeah. only real fans would remember he was 46 before he changed his number. <laughs> Alex proving his worth. Yes. <laughs> we, Maybe we, he's got to be your new boyfriend, Alex. I mean, I don't know. Bill you, Compton you, can be my new boyfriend. Over, That's fine. We don't you're have getting any over a lost love you. still. You know, with yeah. the guy from Temple. What was his name? Uh, Matt Ionitis. He's yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt Ionitis dumped you two years ago. You need to find a new one, new guy. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Um. Well, All I, think I know that is that. Region All I know is me, is me and Dotson have a few offenses uh, to mend in ours, so John Dotson. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you got to yeah. mend that. You got to get him back. You got. You've yeah. had a rough year. Yes. <laughs> hey, relationships are all about communication, Dave. Don't forget that. That's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that I'm is the true. expert. I should know about relationships. I'm the expert, Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to laughs uh, in the crowd. Yes. Gentle chuckles. <laughs> For those who know the truth, no, I'm yeah. joking. <laughs> well, we had a very funny conversation about all that pre-show yet or last week. So, uh, yeah. Anything else we wanted to cover today? I can't find my notes to make sure we covered it. I think we got it all. We got it all in roughly Amazingly the amount of time. enough. We're almost exactly yeah. at an hour. I can't Perfect. believe it. Awesome, guys. All right. Well, I, I hope you all enjoy your Super Bowl. Um, oh, Dave, what are you eating? Steve, I don't care because you don't need anything good anymore. Hey, Adam's don't offend me. <laughs> Dave, yeah, what are you eating for the Super Bowl? You know what? It's 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 always like a last minute thing that my wife decides to come up with and throw together. Mm. It's very rare we do like the typical pizza stuff like that and everything. She'll come up with the, you know, hey, how about we do this, do that? But there's always wings involved no matter what. Nice. You don't want to hear my mine, Alex? All right, you tell us about your boiled chicken. It's probably going to be plain chicken, vegetables, and uncooked spinach. Which is what you eat every day. <laughs> so? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife and I have decided we are going to do a rib competition. We're both going to prep a, pair, uh, a rack of ribs. Are you going to flash ribs and see who has the better one, or is this a food thing? It's a food thing. We're, oh, we're both okay. going to do one rack each and see who makes better ribs. I would argue your wife has a better rack than you. Eh, I've not I, even I met your wife, moves. but I'm getting... <laughs> 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 I've not even met your wife, but I'm going to guess that much. Oh, uh, uh, we can share a bra. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and if she's All right, guys, that joking. should do it this week. <laughs> Steve's crying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. We will see you all after the Super Bowl. Later. See it. Oh, we've got to talk about the Pro Bowl. Oh, darn. <laughs> oh, I was right. going to do a whole analysis. <laughs>